Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. Zarin. Elizabeth. Zarin. Elizabeth. All right, hold on. Yes. Do you know what's ridiculous? Oh, yes. Oh. Elizabeth Taylor, mm-hmm. Richard Burton. <laughs> okay. Okay. So this guy, he's writing a book about them called Exotic, no, wait, Erotic Vagrancy. Uh, okay, Erotic Vagrancy. Yeah. Did you know how excessive they were? I mean, you've probably heard. Oh, sure. I've got some numbers for you. Yeah. One time when they went to a film festival in 1967, they brought with them 156 suitcases. Wait, what? Yes. The, the, this, like, get your head around yes, that. Hey, how many that is? You 156. Know, like, I don't have enough stuff to put in exactly. 156 <laughs> suitcases. my entire Why don't we just be sand? What, like, think about Dirt when you're, my the, backyard. you're at the airport and you see a family and they've got, like, five suitcases on one of those yes. carts and uh-huh. it's all unwieldy. Totally. Like, 156. Oh, man. They, they traveled with makeup artists, housekeepers, a house photographer, just like normally taking photos of them. Yeah. Tutors, you know, just for people around them, I guess. Bodyguards, nurses, secretaries, business managers, wow. chauffeurs, butlers, and of course, a suitcase packer. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> someone's got to do somebody, that. They're not packing that. Now, when they stayed at the Hotel Lancaster in Paris, or maybe the uh, Lancaster, I don't know. I may be pronouncing Whatever, that wrong. Some hotel anyway, in the Paris. Hotel Lancaster in Paris, they occupied right this place. It's like the, like an army coming totally. in the occupation. They took over twenty-one rooms. Wow, twenty-one rooms. They had, quote, pet dogs accompanying the humans into restaurants and had to be fed from the menu. Yes. When they traveled, they they bought a boat just for their dogs because they had all their dogs on their yacht. The dogs were ruining the the carpets with because they were just letting them pee, walking around peeing. Yeah, and they well, were, were they switching out the carpets every 6 months and they're like this doesn't work for us. Let's just buy a boat for the dogs. Dog and so boat. they bought a dog boat. That was for you, Elizabeth, a dog boat. I love a dog a boat. boat just of dogs. I don't love people bringing dogs into restaurants no. and having them eat off the table. No, I didn't think you'd like that but it, dog boat that it was bothers me when people bring their dogs into supermarkets and they're not actual service dogs not, yeah, yes, you know not whatever like, emotional support dogs mm-hmm. that whatever leave them at home yes but like the, and I, people get mad i don't want to hear it <laughs> but like non-working dogs in 
in a commercial marketplace. Sure. Is but you're cool annoying. with like, like a bird on the shoulder. No. <laughs> Can't walk I don't around. want bird flu. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Ridiculous, there huh? There it is. K-ridiculous. Right? Uh, do you know what else is ridiculous? No. I guess that's why I'm here. The old inheritance scam. Oh, that old scam. Ridiculous Crime, a podcast about absurd and outrageous capers, heists, and cons. It's always 99% murder-free and 100% ridiculous. you damn right. Once upon a time, yes. there was a little girl. A little girl named Marianne Andel. Mm. She lived in Bangor, Maine, ah. which is where she was born. Mm. Surrounded by woods in this cozy town, she spent her winters in the snow and her summers swatting mosquitoes from her legs next to jewel-like ponds. Ah, very nice. Yeah, Idyllic. beautiful. She graduated from high school in 1987. Okay. Only a year before that, mm-hmm. and about an hour away. It was 1986. Yes. <laughs> a young yes. man had just ventured into the woods, ditching his Subaru Brat. Oh, yes. Only to remain there for decades. A hermit, one North might say. North Pond Hermit. The subject of a Ridiculous Crime episode and a famous song. A very beautiful song. Uh, but he's not the subject. Yeah, it's of, on our Instagram if you want it to It is. It's so, oh, God, it's incredible. Um, but he's not the subject of the episode today. Oh, okay. No, today we're talking that about... That would be lazy for you to tell that again. What if I just... <laughs> <laughs> just to test me, see if yeah, I'm paying attention? Yeah, but like in a little bit different way. Yeah, you tell like, it from the, like the side of the trees? Yeah, They're exactly. watching this all go down? Yeah, let's try that. No. Um, no. Okay, so uh, Marianne. Yes. She moved to Tennessee after high school. Okay. She got a job as a medical orderly at like a naval hospital in Florida. Sure. people do so that. So she went to Florida. She had a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, she also had dreams. Oh, good We girl. all do. I hope she got her. Hers were grand. Oh, what were they? And not always feasible. Oh, darn. So, like, for example, (laughs) she really wanted to be Irish. (laughs) Wait, that's not a dream. She wasn't. (laughs) You can't dream of being Irish. Yeah, she can. I tried that for 10 years. She she wasn't, but she really wanted to be, so that's cool for her. Yeah, no, that Um, doesn't work. And a lot of times her dreams were more important to her than to other people, than other people were. She put oh, the, oh, her dreams are more important than other people. Yeah. Ah, and yes. Then, Not that her dreams are more important to her than other people. No, her, her dreams were important to other people. I got dreams were imp- more important than the truth. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. very common so, for people who think they're more important than other people. She told her friends and her family that she had terrible news. Devastating. Oh, no. She'd been diagnosed with breast cancer. Oh, no. She's a single mom, teenage daughter. It's this terrible blow. But she's going to fight it and she's going to win. Okay. But she needed money for treatment. Hmm. And I think you can figure out where I'm going with this. Yes. This was a scam. She did not have cancer. Yes. Yeah. She was lying. Whew, those people. Yeah. But soon enough, she had thousands of dollars from people who cared about, you know, her livelihood. She reached her, one of her dreams, one she, of her low-hanging dreams. She didn't have cancer, but she did have everyone's stolen money. So? So her family found out, and yes. they disowned her, as they should. Um, in 2000. They disowned her. In the year 2000. She takes the cash. She takes her daughter, Chelsea. They okay. leave Tennessee and mm-hmm. they go to Northern Ireland because mm. she'd met a dude online. Oh, she's really going through with this. I want to be Irish. Oh, yeah. This guy is Stephen Smith. Oh, she Lord. marries Stephen. Uh-huh. His his last name is S-M-Y-T-H. And so it's Smith, pronounced yeah. Smith. But all it makes me think of is in 
the James Bond masterpiece of View to a Kill mm-hmm. when, uh, what's his name? Um, Christopher Walken? No. Well, yeah, Christopher Walken's in it. Who's Bond in that one? Oh, um, Timothy Roger Dal- Moore. Roger Moore. Roger Moore Sorry. shows up at like a, a stallion auction. Yes. In like a morning suit, yes. and he introduces himself as Sir Sinjin Smythe. Yes, yeah, Sir Sinjin Smythe. And I have always like wanted to use that as like a. You haven't used that name. I've used no, that name. You got to use that name. You got to tell someone you're Sinjin Smythe. So Smy. good. And so I wish Sir Sinjin Smythe. <laughs> hey, what? So uh, I I was hoping it was that, but that's Smith. So they uh, they're both greyhound racing enthusiasts. That's how they got together online, I guess. So wait, one quick question. Um, if I'm bookkeeping, is yeah. she going to be satisfied in her dream if she? attains the nationality of Irish or does she want the cultural heritage she of Ireland? Wants, she wants to be called Irish. She wants people to like know her as Irish. She wants her hair to turn red and her to be like uh-huh. real like Irish, Irish code is as Irish. Oh yeah, brogue and everything. Okay. And- Aaron so, to go bra. Yeah, it's just not citizenship she's looking for, which, P.S., you went to Northern Ireland. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to work for you on that one. Uh, anyway, so she's now, she's uh, Marianne Smith, goes by Mayor. Okay. And uh, a big Greyhound enthusiast. Yes, and she gets a job as a mortgage broker in Belfast. Okay. And this is like mid-2000s at this point. Okay. So she's she's working on loans, and she's also working oh, on- Oh, pre-housing, yeah. Yeah. Meltdown, yeah. Well, and at this point- That was a big Wild West industry then. And you look at both- Ireland and Northern Ireland, mm-hmm. the Republic in the North, we're getting into that Celtic Tiger time. Yes, exactly. That's what I was figuring. Um, and then Belfast, coming into the 2000s, you go from it being like, oh, you shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. And like, it's, you know, war-torn. And you get totally. that past Good Friday agreement. But like the influx of money, and all of a sudden, it's like, by the mid-2000s, that's like the place where you go for a hen party. You totally, know, like yeah. it's a destination uh-huh. anyway. And yeah, and also a big tech economy. Yes, yes. So she's riding that. So she's working on loans. Mm-hmm. She's working on separating people from their hard-earned cash. Ah, yes, a yeah. classic. So there's this buyer who pays 120,000 pounds for a house. Mm-hmm. Um, Mayor said, I believe I will, and took the money and ran. <laughs> Six other people. Escrow, here I go. <laughs> Six other people take out mortgages from the same company. Mm-hmm. They get taken by her. Um, she conned scores of neighbors and people that she would befriend with just like made up sob stories. Mm. So they'd be charitable to her. Um, in total, in Northern Ireland, she had 26 victims and she made off with um, half a million pounds. Ooh. Yeah. So the police in Northern Ireland, they're hot on her trail. Yeah. So to avoid capture, she goes back to the States in 2009. Okay. Now, does her husband go with her? No. Ah. And it's not just that she goes back to the States. She goes back to the States and gets plastic surgery. So she gets oh. a nose job, boob job, liposuction, tummy tuck, you name it. Oh, yeah. Gangster on the run move. Oh, completely. And she loves it. She loves plastic surgery. Oh. She loves changing her look I all can the see time. that. Yeah. So she's just like changes her hair, her body, her clothing New style. nose, new me. Totally. And if Mare's your name and plastic surgery and cons is your game, (laughs) why not move to L.A.? Oh, my God. She would love it. Yeah, it just makes sense. It It makes sense. So it was um, Los Angeles in 2013. Oh, girl. She gets a job at a travel agency. Mm -hmm. And it was at that same year there that she becomes friends with Emmy Award-winning TV producer Jonathan Walton. Who is Emmy Award-winning TV he's producer a, he's Jonathan Walton? He's a TV Walton. producer who won, won an, an Emmy. Emmy. Okay. Jonathan Walton. And his, okay, that's why his last name is he's Walton. He's kind of, he winds up being like the star of the show. Oh, really? Yeah. So Walton, yes. he's unable to get access to a pool at his Bunker Hill apartment complex okay. in downtown, downtown LA. Downtown, yeah. 
because his building is beefing with a neighbor, a neighboring building. Oh, I bet he's like run by Flower Street. We've all area. been there, folks. Mm-hmm. My buildings fighting oh, with that building. They won't I can't let you get pool to access. Pool. Oh, on. completely. And it was a huge pool, Olympic-sized pool, rooftop pool. I imagine. Yeah, probably. So he describes it. Walton says it's the crown jewel of the building. It's an oasis. Those are some cool buildings down right. there. Right, but the residents they lose they lose access. So he hosts a meeting for the building residents to join forces, get their pool back. Oh, yeah. One of the residents who shows up is Smith. She says that she's a luxury travel agent and she works for a company called Pacific Island. Um, she said she didn't have to work because she was an heiress from Ireland. <laughs> and she had like a vaguely... <laughs> an heiress from Ireland. Yeah, okay. she had like a vaguely something accent mm-hmm. that apparently shifted all over the place. I found video of her because I'm like, I gotta hear, does she do like oh, a yeah. hey diddly ho diddly <laughs> accent? And like, she doesn't have an accent at all in the oh. videos where she's, you know, later on. Yeah. I couldn't find it, whatever. So, but so she's not doing like the Hilaria Baldwin where it's like, I'm how, from how do you fan. say cucumber? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, God, I love that so much. Uh, so anyway, no, uh, she's basically Hilaria Baldwinning mm-hmm. it up. Yeah. But she has like, so she has a drifting accent at this point. It, she should have said she was one of the Guinnesses. What? The classic line. Yeah, but she's a, she's coming out of the Ulster state. So I know it doesn't work. Yeah, but um, so uh, even though she's an heiress, she wanted to keep busy during the day. Mm-hmm. That's what she tells him. She just loves selling vacations for people to the Pacific Islands. Yeah, it's just she's it's like, fun, fun, fun. Have you been to Micronesia this time of year? It's delightful. <laughs> um, so she also said that her boyfriend was a like prestigious real estate attorney who won cases against the apartment complex in the past. Okay. So, like, he knows he knows this. this is what he Walt, knows things. This is what Walton said, quote, She just kind of took over the meeting. It reminded me of Ava Perone and Evita <laughs> talking to the masses who adored her. She had that kind of energy. She was brash and bold and charismatic and funny and irreverent. She told dirty jokes, and everybody loved her. She tells us that she's from Ireland, but she's been living in the States for years. She's dating this powerful politician who's a partner in a law firm. He's going to get the pool back, no problem. Her boyfriend had sued this building twice before, and they're scared of him. One letter from his office, we'll get the pool back. Basically, she was the heroine from the get-go. Huh. Now, when he did the Evita Peron comparison, I'm guessing he's doing a actually Madonna as Madonna Evita Peron, well, right? Or Patti LuPone oh, yeah, good on point. Broadway. Good Hello. Point. I'm sorry. Hello. No, let me take a step back. I mean, come on. Give respect it some respect. Respect to Miss LuPone. Um, Walton and Smith. Yeah. They decide to form a tenants association. Oh, smart. They're yeah, like, let's get like Harry Bridges on this and just totally. union up. Paper them. Yeah. And soon they're best friends. <laughs> so they bonded over the fact that they had both been disowned by their families. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she. That's um, got to be a deep bond. Walton gets, he was disowned by his family for being gay. Oh. She gets, she tells him, I was disowned over family drama because I have a massive inheritance. <laughs> Not because I faked cancer and took everyone's last dime. No, I have this incredibly huge inheritance. Uh, I, I My family's filthy rich. Mm-hmm. So um, this is what he said, quote, her uncle's 25 million euro estate is being divided up. She's supposed to get 5 million, but her cousins don't want her to inherit anything. Over the course of the next few months, weeks, months, years, she'd show me text messages from her evil cousin, Finton from her Irish barrister, all of which confirming and collaborating everything she's saying. Why would someone make that up? I never, not even for a second, suspect that this is a scam. 
So she was able to use a different, like a burner phone, make it mm-hmm. Fenton's, just text herself, whatever. And this yeah. guy's like, there it is. Yeah. Clearly like, this him, is happening. Like insulting me. Yeah. Okay. So Walton said that Smith had a framed Irish constitution on parchment paper on her wall <laughs> uh-huh. and that her great, great uncle was a signatory and founder of Ireland. Oh, Irish is Irish can be that. Well, fact check. There were no signatories <laughs> on the 1937 constitution of Ireland. <laughs> She said she was Irish royalty. <laughs> Fact check. There's no King Ireland. <laughs> royalty in Northern Ireland is the British crown. Mm-hmm. And Irish royalty was pretty much snuffed out in the 26 counties by 1700. Yes. In the Republic of Ireland, the Irish Constitution, the one supposedly signed by a great great uncle, doesn't allow the state to issue titles of nobility. Mm-hmm. And citizens can't accept titles of nobility. Existing holders of uh, aristocratic titles, they can use them, mm-hmm. but they're not recognized by the Irish government. Oh, they're just decorative. Yeah, completely. So she's what? She's a she's a royalty to what? Anyway, <laughs> she said she. Here's my favorite part. She's royalty. Like how heated you're getting. She said she had IRA connections. Oh, she's really working both sides and, of the aisle, right? She's a straddler. And she said her grandmother taught her how to throw Molotov cocktails at British soldiers as a child. Fact check, she's from Maine. <laughs> but also, it's like, you know, where? On. Why were there British soldiers in Maine that she needed to throw <laughs> Molotov cocktails at? It's, you know, was this was, over the Canadian border? Like, what are we talking there about were, here? There were, like, splinter cells. Yeah, exactly. Um, so she would show Walton text messages that she got that were in Gaelic, because, mm-hmm. like, God bless Google Translate. Oh, yeah. Um, so Smith had Walton believing she was this Irish heiress um, and that her cousins were trying to sabotage her life mm-hmm. over the years she told lots of tales about herself. She was a life coach, which is, by the way, an all-due offense to life coaches, shady and scammy. <laughs> she said she was a psychic. Uh-huh. She was also a psychologist or a lawyer. Sometimes she had cancer. Sometimes she didn't. Okay. Like as a survivor, you're saying? Yeah. yeah. She did actually get um, gastric bypass surgery in Prague, you know, as you do. For like weight loss? like the Yeah, like Al where Roker? it's like you're, yeah, the Al Roker. Yeah. And um, as a result, she had perpetually low iron levels in her blood. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And she would purposefully deplete the iron in her by not eating iron-rich foods. So, like, no liver, no spinach for this one. (laughs) And as a result, she'd have to go to the hospital and get admitted for transfusions. Let's take a break. I got to take a break from this Yeah, no, you're talking transfusions. When we come back, we'll we'll talk a little more about transfusions. Nice. rant for a sec please pay apps are way too public what happened some rando hearted a payment from five months ago and i realized people can see my entire history who i'm paying like full names it's super weird yeah it's weird how are you paying your friends then apple cash it's all in messages you can literally send cash like a text and it stays between friends random people can't see it did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. As you know, the world can be a dangerous and unpredictable place. With every crime I've studied, I've learned one thing. Your best line of defense is your vigilance and preparation. You don't want to worry. You just want peace of mind. That's why I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. For every ridiculous robbery and theft we talk about, it's pretty obvious the crimes could be avoided with a solid security system. A good home security system keeps people prepared and aware. Simply Safe is that system. It was named Best Home Security Systems 2024 by U.S. News and World Report. 
And it doesn't just protect your home from crime. It also alerts you to fire, floods, and other emergencies. They offer sensors and cameras backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. There are no contracts, and there's a 60-day money-back guarantee. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/ridiculouscrime. That's simplysafe.com/ridiculouscrime. There's no safe like Simply Safe. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold Blooded: The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Zaren. Yeah, Elizabeth. All right, check this out. We were talking about iron transfusions. Like yes. she Liver. cuts her tummy down, her mm-hmm. stomach down. Yes. Can't but, eat, mm-hmm. doesn't eat iron rich foods. Yes. Uh, let's take a look at what that's like to Please, get a transfusion. Please, can you tell me about gastric bypass results? This is like, I need a transfusion. Zaren, I'm so curious. Close your eyes. Oh, yes. My eyes are closed. I want you to picture it. You are a nurse at Cedar Sinai Hospital in Los Angeles. It's a slow afternoon. Before you, sitting in a recliner with a magazine in her lap, is a woman named Marianne Smith. She tells you to call her Mare. She says she's a psychic. She's in for an iron transfusion. This isn't her first, she tells you. She has chronically low iron. You ask her if she's eating lots of leafy greens and red meat, taking supplements. Nope, she tells you. (laughs) I don't like them. Huh. So you guess she'd rather just go through this procedure over and over? You glance at her chart. What a mess. As codes are called over the intercom and orderlies walk by the open door to the room you're in, you get the catheter into her arm and adjust the IV bag of iron hanging above her. Okay, you tell her. I'll be back in about three hours or so. I know, Mayor tells you. This isn't the first time I've done this. Well, you tell her, let's hope it's the last. I'll be back to check you out in a bit. Wait, yells Mayor as you're heading out the door. I need you to do something for me. She holds out her cell phone. Can you take some pictures? What in the... Like, have you sitting here? You lift the phone to center in the shot. No, not like that, she tells you. Here. With one hand, she directs you to stand over her, capturing her pensive face, the line into her arm, the IV, the wrist ID tag, the cold beige of the room in the out-of-focus distance. You roll your eyes and snap a photo. (laughs) She tells you to do a couple more. (laughs) You oblige, and when she asks for some different angles, you tell her you're busy, set the phone on the table next to her, and then you walk out of the room. As soon as you're gone, she picks up the phone and starts texting the photos to people. She's telling them that she's in the hospital, getting chemo. The cancer scam that she's running right now paid for almost six months of rent. Whoa. Yeah. So, Smith, she's besties with Walton, but she had another BFF, Hmm. Jennifer Aniston. 
the Jennifer Yeah, and she Aniston? was also best friends with Ashley Judd. They met in college when they pledged the same sorority. Like, same girl, me too. <laughs> same. You, you did it too. That's how you know Ashley Judd. That's so, how I met Sam Jackson. So she had a pretty, you know, fabulous life. And she had all the trappings Sounds of this like life. It. And that helps people believe what they want to be true. They see it mm. and they're like, yeah, should be. She would show off her closet full of supposedly original designer pieces. Mm-hmm. Walton said, quote, she wore $1,200 Jimmy Choo's and once showed me her closet filled with more than 250 pairs. That's $300,000 in shoes alone, I thought to myself. But I later discovered they were all fake. Oh, I thought like, I thought it was like, you know, the money wasn't all going to rent. Yeah, no, no. no. So she, she's, she's getting fake well, Jimmy like, Choo's. I like to imagine her either like using red nail polish to paint the bottom of some fake <laughs> Louboutins. Yeah, totally. Um, or like maybe she buys them on AliExpress and then she's wearing them to the polo lounge and having like a heel give way. I got fresh red bottoms. <laughs> like, like clicking along, the heel flies off. That's what would happen to me. <laughs> And, like, I'd roll an ankle in the stiletto Tumble heel. Tumble down the stairs like yeah. Jason Derulo. Yeah, but then the heel flies off and it lodges in Nicole Kidman's temple. And I'm like a Hollywood pariah for accidentally killing a UNICEF goodwill ambassador. And I'm standing there going, and, this is cinema to me. And the star of BMX Bandits. Yeah. Um, and Zarin, that's why I don't wear high heels. I get it. Us sloth scals, like, we, we have sponsorships mm-hmm. from Adidas, mm-hmm. Birkenstock, mm-hmm. Vans, mm-hmm. those half-ligger... Uh, uh, woolen clogs those chinese uh, flats yeah and those <laughs> and the sponsorships forbid high heels so i couldn't wear them if i wanted to honestly and i don't so back to smith mm. remember i said she's also a psychic mm-hmm. the domain of the confidence trickster yes so mayor smith she told her best buddy emmy award-winning tv producer jonathan walton mm-hmm. that she got a job running orchid psychics Orchid? On South Figueroa in L.A. Oh, just the name of the place. Yeah. It's not a type of psychic. Yeah, that's like, what I thought, too. And it was like, oh, psychics. I was reading it. And I'm thinking, wait, what the what kind of psychic is that? The like, divine just, powers from you vanilla. You just sit on a desk and sit real still. <laughs> um. <laughs> you look beautiful. And, <laughs> and hope you don't get overwhelmed. Very delicate. Yeah, exactly. Um, it looks to be closed now, Orchid mm-hmm. Psychics. And I... I but I need to read you some reviews. Oh, please. I love these I reviews you find. I promise it's relevant. And even if it wasn't relevant, I don't care. I'm going to read it anyway. Make so, it relevant. You know what? Mama runs the show the way she wants it. That's what I'm trying to say. So here's what Nasri M. had to say in 2016. She went from four stars to two. I spoke to Mare, and she was really nice. She went out of her way to make me feel comfortable, and her reading was very accessible. Did her predictions come true? I don't know. It might take a bit of time to see if anything manifests itself. But Mare was extremely accommodating, and I like her energy. So that's in 2016, two years later. Mm -hmm. Nothing she said was accurate. (laughs) I know most psychics are off, but this one was exceptionally rancid. My cat is more psychic than her. At least she can predict when I'm going to pinch a loaf. But this woman should practice or something to get better. I even waited a year to post this, hoping it would finally come to fruition. But no, she wasn't even close to accurate. She should just tell people she's not a real psychic and that she just does it for and giggles. Two things. I love that she did the scientific method of like, let's give her time. And then two years later, she reports back back with her findings. Yes, exactly. Amazing. And then also... I want to know what happened in those two years. Yes. She's like, it was all wrong. <laughs> totally. You're like, oh, girl, I'm so, do you need a hug? Maybe some lemonade, something? <laughs> so we have another turnaround. Uh-huh. This one is from a gal named JG mm-hmm. in 2015. Here's the first part of it. Wow, all caps. <laughs> okay, I'm what one would call a skeptic, although my mother also calls me Nancy Reagan, thanks to my interest in astrology. Whoa. Look, look at this. Wow, look at I that know. synergy. 
That said, I had no idea what to expect, and frankly, my expectations weren't high. The crazy thing about Mare is that she's the type of person with whom one immediately feels comfortable. Unusual for me. Hmm. My notion of a psychic was that of the Psychic Friends hotline. I'll say it. I was wrong. Oh, Miss Cleo. Yeah. Mare gave me direction, and quite frankly, I felt better after speaking with her than I've ever felt speaking with my therapist. She was realistic and warm, and a couple of things she said had me speechless. That info was not Google-able, especially information that wasn't about me and a person whose last name she couldn't possibly have known. Mm. I'll be back. There's no question. I feel as if I can breathe again. That alone is worth everything. And Slow then... beat music. Ah, <laughs> now let's hear it. Now let's hear it. And then she puts in edit. So much fell into place about the weirdness that followed. I'd purchased my reading via Living Social and was allowed to get more than one. I called to schedule and the number had changed. She'd changed her name. I set up a reading and then suddenly she had all kinds of excuses. Car problems in the middle of the desert, couldn't get to a phone, blah, blah, blah. Finally, she canceled the appointment because she said I'd already used a voucher. Living Social refunded me, so she never had my credit card information. Thank God. I never attempted again because it was so unprofessional. Now I know why. That was quite the turn. Yeah. Wow. To oh my god! Thank God she doesn't have my credit card. <laughs> exactly. So like in the beginning, she didn't tell her best friend Walton about her gig at Orchid Psychics. It was later. Yeah, she's just. Um, but so quote. She said she had never told me because she was ashamed of it, but that the gift apparently ran in her family. Her grandmother used to help police find missing people. I didn't know what to think, but she started getting more and more clients and was getting good reviews on Yelp. So I started to think, maybe she's a psychic. <laughs> Stick around for those reviews. Well, to be fair, there are a number of good Yelp reviews for her. Oh, I'm and then, sure. Here's my favorite part. If you go on there and there are bad reviews from the past, uh -huh. um, Mare pops in occasionally to argue with the person. Really? Yeah, she leaves responses to the reviews. She's still out there in the game. Well, like at that time. Uh, okay. Yeah. So Walton first got a taste of her psychic abilities at a New Year's Eve party in Santa Monica. Mm. Um, so she invites Walton and his husband to the party. Okay. And he told Image Magazine, quote, I think admission was like $500 or something, but she gets us in for free because we're with her. They hired her as a psychic to read guests at the party. So we go and drink and have a good time at the party. And I literally witnessed her bring dozens of people to tears with her accuracy. Hmm. hmm. So he sums up what we see a lot in the Yelp reviews. Quote, a lot of the victims she scammed who started seeing her as a psychic all told me the same thing. The first couple of readings were staggeringly accurate. She knew things that were impossible for her to know. She must have a gift. But as she gets to know someone, she can't read them anymore. Familiarity is her kryptonite. So I really do believe she has a psychic ability, but she can only read strangers, which is why she couldn't read me because we became fast friends very quickly. I have the same problem with um, cards in Vegas. My psychic powers don't work. They don't work. For me. I could do it for anybody else. I'm like, if you're gambling, Elizabeth, take uh -huh. me. And I'll be like, that's a king. Okay, but for me, nothing. So. I, like, I told you I want psychic powers. <laughs> it's a burden, girl. No, I want them. No, I'm um, kidding. But go on, please. So, so when the psychic bit it like falls apart with people, mm -hmm. obviously, she'd shift over to being a life coach. And she would charge them tens of thousands of dollars oh my God. while giving them what she called homework. And that was just like fact-finding missions for her. So like, you know, do this work and tell me about your family. And she'd gather all this intel to further the, mm -hmm. the scam. One of the victims of that particular con was a Hollywood costume designer, a friend of Walton's, okay. who wouldn't come publicly forward when this all fell apart, sure. wants to remain anonymous. They lost 10 grand. 
Wow. Um, people get embarrassed about being taken for a ride like that. Oh, yeah, completely. Now, I mentioned Jennifer Aniston. You did. I did. Supposed to be one of Mare's close friends. They met, according to Mare, when Jen became one of her clients uh, for the psychic services. Oh, yeah. I heard she likes the woo-woo and the stars, yeah. the moons, and so forth. So here's the thing, though. Smith used a bunch of different email accounts and Google phone numbers mm -hmm. to impersonate people like Jennifer Aniston, mm -hmm. Ashley Judd, Dario Franchetti. Mm -hmm. No one was safe. Even award-winning uh, TV producer Jonathan Walton. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, she pretended to be him to scam other people. Oh, that, yeah. okay, I was wondering yeah. where she was using it. And so in that case, she tricked a Mark into thinking that she'd been hospitalized. It was like a life coaching client that uh -huh. she had. So she, as Walton, said that Mayor had a collapsed lung and couldn't make the class. And no, he can't discuss a refund. <laughs> She's like, how's him doing his dirty, the dirty work? She's his, like, sock puppet business manager? Yeah. Okay. And it was more likely for Mare, though, like, she'd use the fake email addresses and the phone numbers to send herself stuff from supposed celebrities to her, and then she'd show the marks. I got you. Like, look what Jen just texted yeah. me. Um, or she'd set up accounts to look like her phony Irish family. And like cousin Oh right, Fenton, yes, that's her. And course. like all of her barristers in England, her the, lawyers, the, the in king LA, of Ireland, yes. completely. <laughs> Fenton, the king of <laughs> Ireland, um, and so people like especially Walton, they took it all at face value. Yeah. And here's what he told people who couldn't believe that he'd bought some of the stories. Quote: People in Ireland are like, who would believe that? Well, we're in Los Angeles. It's <laughs> you could just end right there. <laughs> <laughs> Period. Full stop. It's not unfounded that someone I know knows Jennifer Aniston. Yes. When I worked on Shark Tank, I was in Sony Studios and I was working down the hall from Will Smith. I would talk to him every day getting coffee. So it's not mm -hmm. a crazy assertion that someone in L.A. knows Jennifer Aniston. Totally. I can tell you a gas station to go to in L.A. if you want to meet famous people. I can tell you exactly the one to go to. If you go there, it's one that famous people stop to because it happens to be on a pathway between between the studios and where they, a lot of them live. Oh. And it's the gas station. And this yeah. is how Hollywood works. There's a lot of places like this. I'm just using one oh, example. Yeah. Yeah. But it's very much, these are real people moving around in the world. Completely. So you're going to have a work friend who is famous. And they're not, it's not like they only talk to other famous of people course. at their level. Exactly. Just... They like talking to normal people because they don't get to. So of course they're going to be friends with a teamster. Yeah, totally. Exactly. So uh, Mayor, she keeps using that, that whole mm -hmm. notion. That connection vibe. Yeah, yeah exactly. And she's using the emails. 2014, she meets a man that we're going to call Mark. Mm -hmm. He's a film producer. And she meets him in online dating. Mm -hmm. um, and so we don't know Mark's real name because he didn't want his name out there, again, with oh, the embarrassment. Yeah. Uh, so Smith told Mark that she's best friends with Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> and like, hey, you want to tag along with me like to go meet her for lunch? And again, here's the thing about L.A. Like, you can often run into celebrities and people have odd connections yes. to said celebrities. It's par for the course. Mm -hmm. But the town works on who you know. Yep. And people are desperate to know the right people. Yep. And, and you don't like, want to say no to an opportunity. Yeah, because lunching with Jennifer Aniston can, like, you maybe know lead to work or more introductions. Could change your whole life. Totally. So Mark would agree to go, but then he and Mare would get, like, stood up by Jen. Oh, I'm darn. So busy, yeah. you guys. Um, and she would text these deep apologies she's to like, Mayor. She's like, big sale, Lululemon, gotta go. Totally. So Smith, like, so she's she's showing uh, Mark all these, like, oh my God, you guys, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, and she's like, you know what, Mark? Here's all Jen's contact information. What? Yeah. Um, you just, here's her, here's her cell phone number. Oh, to the fake phone, right. Yeah. Okay. Here's her, here's her email. He thinks he's texting and emailing Rachel from Friends. Yes. And Jennifer Aniston, you know, uh, is a tough one. She was always on Mark's case in these conversations. <laughs> 
getting on him for like not caring enough about Mare, not treating her like he should. Why don't you look after Mare? You should give her money. Totally. Mare doesn't have enough money, and that's the way well, it's her love language. Jen Aniston do you love her or no? To do it. Um, that's great. She's just using Jen Aniston as oh, like yeah, a totally. browbeating tool. And so after a while, Mark, he's like. He asked a techie friend of his to research the contact information oh, for Jen. Oh, finally. And the friend was like, stop chatting with her immediately. Because, like, there's no history anywhere. Everything's no. all suspicious. He finds out it's a Google phone number. Yeah. He's like, stop. Um, Smith, though, she eventually gets arrested for embezzlement. No. Too many victims to keep them all quiet. Mm-hmm. Walton, fully convinced of Mare's jealous Irish cousins that are out to destroy her life, mm-hmm. So he paid for all her legal fees. Oh, God. More than $75,000. Oh, God. This is what he said. Quote, she shows me an email from her barrister that says there's a clause in her uncle's will that says if any heirs are convicted of a felony, they'll be disinherited. The barrister's like, I just wanted to make you aware of this. I don't think it applies, but you should know. I was a news reporter for 10 years and I'd covered stories and read stories about, you know, husbands knocking their wives off over million dollar insurance policies and people getting set up. So immediately I'm like, Mare, you've got to be careful. Like your boss's best friend is your cousin Fenton, who now hates you. They might set you up to make it look like you're stealing. So you get convicted of a felony and then they get to keep the money. We're talking millions of dollars. People kill for millions of dollars. Be careful. And she laughed it off like no jonathan don't be stupid they would never do that no 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 fast forward literally a couple of weeks later and i get a call from jail she's been arrested and she's crying on the phone telling me i was right her family set her up to make it look like she stole two hundred thousand (laughs) dollars i walked right into it she used my good nature against me we're almost a year and a half into our friendship at this point i love her like a sister i love her as much as any gay man can love a woman so i immediately bail her out of jail oh man i feel so bad for jonathan Walton. I, I do. I feel bad for him because it, it, his kindness is being used against him. Yeah. But I also really want to take him to the side and <laughs> politely and kindly hold his hand and say, just do me one favor. This, when, when you hear something, ask yourself, okay, that sounds like, and before you start the story of what you think it sounds like, go, could this be true? Could this not be true? And then entertain both of those ideas rather than just rushing He's down. So he just, got so far into that story. Oh, completely. She didn't need to tell him anything. No. He painted it all for her. Exactly. And he's so distressed. I, yes. I get upset because he's so distressed. I know. So Smith told Walton that she was being set up to look like it was, you know, that she stole 200000 mm-hmm. from the travel agency. As oh, far yeah. as Walton knew, Smith was secretly dating a married politician at the time. <laughs> and so the day after Walton bailed her out, Mayor paid him right back, saying the money was from her secret boyfriend. Of course. We know how that works. That is the confidence yes. in con. Mm-hmm. Here's what he had to say. Quote, I've been investigating con artists for the past five years now, and I can tell you that that is a huge red flag. That's called wetting your beak. Yep. It's a technique scammers use. Once she pays me back, I now have confidence in loaning her more money. She's trustworthy. In my mind, she's a woman of her word. I feel comfortable loaning her more money down the line. As you pointed out, that even worked on Al Capone. Mm-hmm. Smith kept up with the lies, of course. Mm-hmm. She said her evil family was working with a compromised L.A. district attorney to freeze her bank accounts. Okay. She said they were tapping her phones. Like, she probably blamed Anthony Pelicano. <laughs> uh, but I think he was in prison at that time. Anyway. Yeah, a little too late, I think. So Walton describes the dramatics of it all. Quote, Every time we would talk about the case, I would take my phone and her phone and put it 500 feet away under a couch cushion. He's loving this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We would talk out of earshot of the phones because they were tapping her phone, you know? Of course, looking back, that was just 
<laughs> but it made it seem real. Like, I really thought, you know, I've got to help this woman get what's rightfully hers. Good job, Fox Mulder. <laughs> I, I want to believe. Uh, Smith was beside herself because the Irish had frozen her accounts. Darn the king of Ireland. <laughs> Why must he be so cruel? <laughs> uh, I like making the Irish the faceless villains here because it reminds me of on Sons of Anarchy, how they like ran guns oh, yeah. for the Irish. Yeah. And the Irish were always doing something terrible to them, like all of Ireland, the totally. Irish. The Irish. And, and also then, you don't ever hear it. It's always like, oh, the Russians are doing this. Yeah. What about the Irish? Well, like, can we get it? <laughs> it's like our favorite Orson Welles quote. Hmm. Ah, the French. <laughs> if you aren't familiar with that, look it up. Thank me later. Where was I? The Irish. Ah, Smith's the Irish. bank accounts frozen by the Irish. Walton did what friends do. He helped her out. And by that, he I mean, he kept lending her money. Mm-hmm. You know, she seemed good for it. Um, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll just keep telling the story. Yeah, my beak is wet. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, My name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. 
Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, Zarin. Elizabeth. Zarin. The Irish. Yeah, the Irish. Ah, the Irish. Remember that bad season of Sons of Anarchy where yeah. they went to Ireland, mm-hmm. but it looks suspiciously like San Bernardino County? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so Mara's like, oh, my God, the Irish fills all my accounts. This is this is how Walton tells, you know, how Jonathan Walton, mm. Emmy Award winning producer, quote, I started loaning her money to live on. I pay her rent. By then, she'd moved into a fancier building where the rent was like $6,000 a month. And I paid her rent for a couple of months. And then eventually, she moves back into our building, which was like $3,000. And I loaned her 20-something thousand to live on for a couple months. You'd think I was worried, but I wasn't at all because I believed she was going to get her inheritance. And she was showing me emails and text messages from her barristers saying that the case is going to be resolved. Everything's looking good. She's happy. Then one day, she tells me all she needs is $50,000 for legal fees and court costs to make the case go away and get her inheritance. Now, you know, people are like, how can you be so stupid? (laughs) Well, have you ever hired a lawyer? When you go to hire a lawyer, and I've had to hire lawyers for contract stuff for the work I do in the entertainment industry, (laughs) they want $5,000, $10,000 on retainer. And then there's probably more money down the line. Like, I know lawyers are expensive, so when she tells me $50,000, it didn't strike me as unbelievable. I didn't have $50,000 in cash, but... I did have an 840 credit uh, score. So I let her charge the $50,000 on credit cards using her PayPal account to get the criminal case against her dropped, thereby opening the pathway for her to secure $6.5 million inheritance and pay me back. Oh, honey, no. (laughs) Say farewell to that 840, buddy. Oh, God. Yeah. So uh, he starts, he's paying her bills, paying uh-huh. her fees. Then he gets a call from Mare. What is the top credit score? Can you like get like a 1,200? I what thought is... it was like 850. That's what I thought. I thought he's like cruising he's right just, at the top, yeah, right? Yeah, he's got the perfect amount okay. of credit lines. I don't know it well enough. When you said the number, I'm like, I think that's near the top. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, maybe it's like 1,200. I don't even know. <laughs> it's like the SAT. Yeah. Who knows? Um, so he gets a call from Mare. Mm-hmm. Collect call from County Lockup. Okay. Spider. Uh-oh, no. Um, and so <laughs> you he, have a call from yeah. inmate name. <gasps> yeah. I uh, can't fake those. Yeah. So she said um, that the judge was punishing her because she charged all of her fees and bills for the criminal case through the credit cards. And the judge said that was money laundering. Mm. And for that, she'd have to do 30 days in jail to teach her a lesson hmm. um, because that's totally how it works there. That's exactly how it is. <laughs> so it's really I mean, logical. Uh, that's why I'm here going, okay, yeah, teaching totally. lessons. Judges believe in lesson like, teaching. That'll learn you good. That's, that's <laughs> you in up. the court transcripts. We're going to raise you up right. So Walton said, you know, sit tight. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come see you. She tells him, no. No, please don't. I don't want you to see me like this. It's embarrassing. I'm laid low. <laughs> Nonsense, thought Walton. <laughs> Planted Deborah. <laughs> yeah. This woman is my closest friend. Yeah. I need to be there for her. Of so he, you know, logged into the jail's website to schedule a visit. And on the jail's website, you can, like, set up a visit oh, time, yeah. and you can also see can, what they're in for. Mm-hmm. And you can look up if they are in. She's in there, and she's mm-hmm. in there for felony grand theft, mm. which is a 100% not what she told him. Yes. He heads to the courthouse, wants to see everything he can about her case. Oh, no. And that's when he discovered <laughs> that she'd pled guilty to stealing $200,000. <laughs> the money that he loaned her went mm-hmm. towards restitution. Yeah. And if she hadn't paid it, she'd be doing a nickel, five years. Mm-hmm. Instead, she only had to do 30 days because she paid the restitution with his money. <laughs> 
So he goes home and he has a total breakdown. I feel so like, bad for him. Oh my God. His husband's trying to comfort him. He's like beyond consolation. He's ruined. Mm-hmm. Um, but like every staunch hero or heroine in history, he steeled himself. Oh, wow. His sorrow and his pain mm-hmm. turned to anger and a desire for vengeance. His heart caught fire. Welcome to the dark side, Jonathan. Oh, That's no. That's what I say. So Mayor would call him from jail and he'd act like he didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. And so he said he was still pretending that everything was cool. He said, quote, you know, I did a lot of theater in high school. <laughs> like, I love this man. I love him. He's now in his bag. I like yeah. it. So um, he picked her up from mm-hmm. jail 30 days later. Okay. And then he confronts her and he also secretly recorded the I conversation. Say, I figured that. Yeah. So he tells her, like, if you don't pay me back everything, I'm going to the cops. Um, and she doesn't ever really like apologize. She just offers more lip service. He knew like she he's she's never gonna pay it back. Mm-hmm. So he goes to the cops and he tells them, you know, everything he knows, and they tell him we can't do anything. It's not a crime because you willingly gave her the money, which is not true. Yeah, that's... and but he had one believer. Uh-huh. One cop says to him, quote, listen, they're only gonna do something about it if you call about your case every day, become a pain in their ass, or they're not gonna do anything. And I thank him for that because that changed the trajectory of everything. I started calling every day. Every time I found a new victim, I called. Every time I found a new scam, I called. Huh. Huh. So And that worked with the LAPD. He, I doubt it. So he, <laughs> he the guy's like, Yeah, just keep bothering. Call him. Like he's just trying to get his buddy. He's lonely. Call he and ask for to. Detective Zaren Burnett. That's what I would do. Uh, he's just he loves this case. He just wants to hear about it every day. Um Walton also he loves hired, updates. He hired six private eyes uh-huh. to help him dig into Smith's past. Six. Six. That's not cheap. No. He, he He's like, look, I got an 840 credit score. It's, dead. it's knocked down a little bit, but I'm just going to keep racking up, rack them. Uh, Let it so roll. He reaches out to all these other victims. He hopes that they'll file reports, too. Mm-hmm. Most of them decline. Yeah. Either, like, they don't care or they're ashamed yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. Of all of the ones that he contacted, only two ever reported Smith to the police. Jennifer Aniston and Ashley Judd. <laughs> <laughs> then there was a breakthrough. Uh-huh. Walton remembered that he had Smith's AOL account password. <laughs> Homegirl was running around with an oh, AOL. AOL account. Like, Pulling all this please. off. Uh, life coach at AOL. <laughs> so uh, he got into the account mm-hmm. and he found email addresses for the Irish cousins, Fenton, <laughs> Tristan, and Darmid. Mm-hmm. And he used the same password that he knew to try to get into those email accounts on Gmail and Outlook. Let me guess, it worked. Ba-ba-ba-bingo. She's yeah. lazy. <laughs> so he opened the accounts of Jennifer Aniston, mm-hmm. Ashley Judd, and like other digital aliases. Yeah. 23 separate email personas, including mm. one of him. I can't even read the emails I get for one. Exactly. Our, you know, we She's can't, got 23. We can't get the interns to answer emails. No, yeah. No, there's... it's ridiculous. They print them out <laughs> and they put them on that cork board. Yeah. And, then they and like... I go and like flip through and I'm just like, I don't even know. I can't get into there to answer people. Yeah, no, also, the printer needs ink. Well, so. we read them. But they just nobody answers. Anyway, so 23 email addresses uh, on April 5th, 2018, Smith gets arrested and charged with grand theft. Finally, it sticks. She's also facing felony charges of grand theft as well as fraud in Florida and Tennessee because, like, the dominoes start to fall and they can connect her to stuff. Mm -hmm. This is what uh, Walton posted on Instagram. Quote, I'm a happily married gay man, so she couldn't use sex to ensnare me. Her techniques were far more cunning. She scammed nearly $100,000 out of me using a series of brilliant confidence tricks. Over four years, I fell hard for one of the oldest cons in the book. 
the inheritance scam. But this wasn't some Nigerian prince soliciting me through email. This was a delightful and lovable woman who inextricably inserted herself into my life and became my best friend. Yeah, it's like um, a softer Spanish prisoner. It's yeah, like, you know, exactly. And she she's not doing the Bertha, the big Bertha, mm-mm. like, you know, hubba hubba. Yeah, exactly. She's not working. Well, let me hug up on you. This is what else he said. He's a quote, I'm a reality TV producer. I've mm-hmm. worked on shows like American Ninja Warrior for NBC. That's a shout out mm-hmm. to you. <laughs> and Shark Tank for ABC. You'll get on the show one day. One day. My, if dreams can come true. <laughs> that and Wipeout. Yeah. Call what? me Wipeout. Wipeout. <laughs> You have to go on that show. I want to be so badly. Um, But the most spectacular reality show I've ever been a part of had no camera shooting it and no network airing it and no viewers watching it. Just a devious con artist secretly plying her craft in the shadows and dozens of unsuspecting victims like myself quietly falling prey. There was the reality show called Me. And there only had one viewer, (laughs) my poor husband. So she gets arrested. She gets released on bond. A month before her trial... She accused Walton of physically threatening her because she wanted a restraining order. Because she figured if I get that, then he can't be in the same room as me, so he won't be able to testify. The oh, judge, that, that's not true. That's not how it works. So the judge is like, no. <laughs> not, First of all, no. Second of all, no. We can work that out. Yeah. <laughs> we've, we've come across this problem before. But the whole restraining order thing mm-hmm. cost Walton $1,500 in legal fees, of course. So, oh, like, yeah. dude can't catch a break. No. This is what he said, quote, the problem with the criminal justice system is she's on trial for scamming me, right? Mm -hmm. That's all we're allowed to talk about in the trial. I'm not allowed to talk about any of these other victims she scammed. No prior bad acts is the legal term in the United States. I do manage while I'm testifying to work in a lot of other scams that I've heard. Her attorney (laughs) objected and the judge usually struck it from the record, but the jury had already heard it by that point. So the story is left to mark regardless. Oh, way to go, law and order. I, I'm also surprised that she wasn't working like liens against people where they don't even know that yeah. she's filed it and then suddenly they go to sell their house and they can't get out. She owns the house soon. Yeah, that's some sneaky sneakies. I'm surprised too. I had a friend who used to do that stuff. Oh, <laughs> he was terrible. <laughs> We're not friends anymore. Yeah, not anymore. Uh, so after going through the evidence and receiving testimony, four victims, multiple witness statements, the jury finds her guilty on mm-hmm. all charges. Her own daughter said, quote, I think that she's a very troubled person who has used her intelligence malevolently and the things that she has been accused of, I'm absolutely disgusted by. Ah, poor Chelsea. Well, there's plenty to be disgusted by. Yes. Because, like, Mayor's daughter, Chelsea, was fathered by Jeff Welch. Okay. He and Smith had another daughter, Courtney. And Courtney died in 2012 of cystic fibrosis when she was in her early 20s. Mm. Absolutely tragic. Totally sad. Mare used photos of Courtney to scam $16,000 via a GoFundMe page that she created. This is what Jeff Welch had to say. Quote, seeing this GoFundMe page, there was a picture of my daughter. Smith raised over $16,000 telling people that she had a sick child. That made me sick to my stomach. I can't believe that someone would do something like that. It was very, very apparent that she had no interest in being a mother or a wife. After I became aware of all these stories of people being scammed, it was such a big shock to learn I was married to somebody that has done this much damage to so many people. She wasn't even interested in being a human being. No. I mean, she was basically a financial succubus, just like a dark spirit going, let me take that. Yes. After the four-day trial, she gets sentenced to five years, Mm. but she got released early in December 2020 because of COVID protocols and safety regulations. So Walton, he said, quote, in California, they're releasing a lot of nonviolent criminals, tens of thousands of them, and she was one of them. 
Once she's out, she goes straight to Maine, her home state, which is about 3,000 miles away from California, literally the furthest point she could get from me. I'm still hearing from victims there that she's scamming. She changed her name again, but nothing else has changed. She's still scamming people and getting away with it. The exact same scams. Yeah. So she was supposed to be extradited to Northern Ireland Uh when she got out of jail so that she could face charges there about the 20 people in their mortgage deposits. Mm -hmm. But remember, COVID, the borders were closed. Oh, right. So off she went. So where is she now, Zarin? The the church. (laughs) (laughs) She still faces extradition to Northern Ireland Mm -hmm. after their public prosecution service decided to bring a case against her. Um, It was like a, you know... A five hundred thousand pound mortgage scam. Uh-huh, totally. Uh huh. Totally. It's believed that she's located somewhere in Bangor, Maine, but it's not confirmed. That information isn't confirmed. Really. Walton says that she's still running cons. She's faking mental illness and attempting to get a mentally ill man to marry her. What? Quote. He was in his late seventies and he's sick, so he's not going to live much longer. She oh, pre- okay. She I thought pre- it was just anyone. Like she no, just no. wanted a mentally unwell man. Okay. <laughs> she pretended to have the same mental illness he did. It's I don't know what sure. it is. He used to be in the navy. He fought a couple of wars and he's on disability, so he's he's making like five thousand dollars a month in retirement and social security and veterans disability because he served in the military. She wanted to marry him so that when he dies, that money is hers. He told me that she kept pressuring him to get married. Again, she was saying all the right things. At one point, she even brings in paperwork for him to sign so they can get married, but he wouldn't do it. Eventually, he notices that the name she told him and the name on her prescription bottle don't match. (laughs) So he Googles her and guess what? He finds my blog and he calls me to tell me his story. That blog, by the way, is (laughs) JonathanWalton.com. He tells everyone JonathanWalton.com all the time. And you did too. Good job. Oh, yeah, 100%. And it's J-O-H-N-A-T-H-N. Ah, not the British J-O-N. Yeah, Yeah. .com. He said, quote, Mare is what the FBI calls a rescue merchant. She offers to help people. That was her way into everyone's life. For me, it was offering to help with the pool. I don't feel sorry for her because I don't consider her a human being. She's scammed so many people, including her own daughters, her own family, even the most notorious mobster in America who's murdered scores of people and has blood on his hands. Even he loves his family. He looks out for his children. You know, this woman does not have that ability. In my mind, she's not a human being. She has no empathy, no remorse for anyone or anything. Yeah, I probably agree that she's, um, I don't know the scales of psycho or sociopathy, yeah. but I imagine she's somewhere on the scale. Of, like, well, I don't get a feeling from anybody. And how did he feel about falling victim to this psycho? Yeah, how did he feel, Elizabeth? Quote. This guy is so quotable. That oh my God, completely. Like, Highly I just, quotable. I, can't, I couldn't break him down into Potent synopsis. Quotables. Yeah. <laughs> so, quote. Honestly, I wouldn't believe a word of it if it didn't happen to me. Initially, I just felt forsaken by God. Like, why would this happen to me? I'm a good person. I've done nothing but help people my whole life. But then as the months and now years have passed, I realized it was meant to happen to me. This is what I was meant to do. I know that sharing my story is helping people. I hear that directly from them, and it makes me feel that I was meant to go through what I went through. By the time I'm done with her, the world will know her face, and she'll never be able to scam anyone again. Damn, way to find the dawn in that darkness. Whew. Right. So he he and his production partner, MAK Pictures, they're uh-huh. currently shopping the story of his experiences with Smith. We'll be streaming soon at some site of near Of course, you. because of course. Um, founder of Gwen Global, Therese Tess Cacciatore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wanted to say her name. Uh, <laughs> wants to intersperse some facts from the Smith case into an original scripted series. Because mm-hmm. of course. Um, producer Mark... 
mm-hmm. thinking about a lifetime pitch. Because, of course. <laughs> of course. Uh, this is how Walton summed things up. Quote, I'm forever changed by my experience of getting conned. I'm now suspicious of everyone and everything. I will suss out even the most minuscule inconsistencies in someone's story upon meeting them and throw it in their face. I spent two years doggedly pursuing Marianne Smith. It consumed me, and I had to file bankruptcy because of what she'd done to me. And the 24 court appearances I made even before the actual trial, including continuances, pretrial motions, and hearings, meant I had to miss a lot of work and lost even more money, not to mention the cost of hiring six private investigators in Mm -hmm. multiple states and countries to ferret out all her scams. But damn, it was worth it. (laughs) And again, Zarin, that's J-O-H-N-A-T-H-A-N-W-A-L-T-O-N.com, Jonathan Walton, for more information. He... Is he's on a crusade and we have to support him. I'm down. What's your ridiculous takeaway? Normally, when I hear the name Jonathan Walton, I think of Little House on the Prairie. But now I have (laughs) a whole different way Uh of imagining what Walton can mean for me. What's yours, Elizabeth? What's your ridiculous takeaway? Thanks for asking. You're welcome. Uh, My ridiculous takeaway is don't trust anyone ever. Case closed. Done. Done. Done deal. It's, it's simple. It's clear. It's concise. Uh-huh. Best advice ever. That's it for today. You can find us online at RidiculousCrime.com, uh, at RidiculousCrime on both Twitter and Instagram. Email RidiculousCrime at gmail.com. It, it will be read, but it won't be responded to. Leave a talk back on the iHeart app. God, I love those. Uh, that's it. Reach out. Ridiculous Crime is hosted by Elizabeth Dutton and Zaren Burnett, produced and edited by Dave Couston, the finest lass in County Clare. Research is by upstanding psychics Marissa Brown and Andrea Song Sharpentier. The theme song is by Irish Cousins, Thomas Lee and Travis Dutton. Post wardrobe is provided by Botany 500. Executive producers are Ben, I'm about to inherit 70 million bucks, Bolin, and Noel, he means dear, Brown. Ridiculous Crime. Say it one more time. Ridiculous Crime. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts, the medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. 
I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 